the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back. 602-508-0960. Thoughts on anything. State of the Union, we will be covering it uh, live tonight with commentary afterwards from our Salem uh, faculty. You're not going to want to miss that, so you can stay right here on this uh, on this bat channel to hear everything um, you want to hear and everything you need to hear. Uh, but feel free to call in on that, Ukraine, Russia, you name it, whatever's on your mind. Let's start with Tom and Phoenix. Hello, Tom. How are you? Hi, I'm okay. First time caller. Welcome. I, I just have a one note. Uh, Ukraine really is not a small country. It's the second largest country in Europe. Only Russia is larger with 40 million people, which is it's larger than Texas and larger than any U.S. state. So it's larger than California. You you make a decent a, a good point. Than Texas. Yeah, it's bigger than Texas. Yeah. It's uh, it's about the size of Texas, I think. It's bigger than yeah. Florida. It's bigger than California. You're right. Uh, why Kamala Harris said it's a small country? You're right. You're right, Tom. It's a good corrective. Yeah. Yeah. It, it actually good... has. One of the largest armies in Europe. That's well. Do you hail from? Are are you from that region, Tom? Uh, not from Ukraine. Never been to Ukraine, but from that region. How long have you been in the United States? Oh, forty years. When you came to the United States, Tom, I ran from the communists. Yeah, I was going to ask you this question because I know a lot of people who did that about that period of time ago, somewhere thirty, forty even in some yeah. cases 50 years ago. A uh, question for you. Have you seen this country change? Uh, which country? United States, your new, your, your new country. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What has well, the change, know, if I you got... could put it into a few words, or what is the biggest change you've seen? I think it's getting more woke. Yeah. Is that for more the better or for the worse? Sending... sending more towards the socialism. Well, that was the question I was going to ask. Do you find that's you 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 got exactly where I was going, Tom? Have you found that this country has become more sympathetic to the ideology you fled? Oh yes. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. Yeah. That's what I keep yeah. hearing. And I, you know, I'm glad I, you know, ran away from. Yes, there. of course. And I of course. am not very. I'm not taking in practice. I'm not very happy with it. I understand. I, I understand. Would you say you were from Eastern Europe? Oh, uh, well, <laughs> Central Europe. Central I Europe. Fair enough. Most of the people I've talked to with the sympathies you are uh, expressing would be categorized as Eastern. I know we're not supposed to talk in those terms anymore, but I think those mm -hmm. terms are coming back. And we know what we're talking about when we say them anyway. Most of the people I've talked to have said that, um, have been from Eastern Europe. It's a sad thing to see. You know, thank you, by the way, for your call, Tom, and I hope it will be the first of many. Uh, appreciate you being a first-time caller. We're delighted when people come here for the first time. We're delighted when they come back. Um, but it's not the first time 
in history, as Leo Strauss put it once, that a country that was successful on the battlefield, think about this country in World War II, a country that was successful on the battlefield, that is to say strategically, a country that was successful strategically, it won the ground, air, and sea wars, okay, it won those, was unable to impose its ideology on the defeated party. That's problem one. It would not be the first time that a country successful on the battlefields was unable to impose its ideology on the defeated party. It's quite another degree worse when it adopts and accepts the ideology and entrenches the ideology of those whom it defeated. That's the tragedy we face here. And if you want to know why I speak so much about ideologies, another word for it could be political philosophy. If you want to know why I speak so much about it, it's because it is the determining characteristic of a society, of a civilization, of a polis, of a country or city or state. It is the defining characteristic. You get the ideology right, most things can flow from it. You get it wrong, most bad things will flow from it. And whether you're talking post-World War II and notions of fascism, or whether you're talking post-1989 and notions of socialist communism, it's an interesting thing. Did we influence them more, or did they influence us more, even though we defeated them strategically, militarily, let's just say. I'll say it again. You may not be interested in political philosophy. It's interested in you. In 1989, when the Berlin Wall fell, there was one socialist member of our national legislature. Today, there are at least six. Is that the right direction or the wrong direction? The answer to that question is the answer as to what party you support and it is the answer as to what you think the future of the United States should look like and should be. Doug is in Maricopa. Hello, Doug. Hi, Seth. How are you? Um, um, I'm doing good. Uh, despite all the chaos and the immensity of the events of today, I'm always chipper. And like I said, I'm always remaining the optimistic pessimist. Mm-hmm. Um in that events may be negative, but the only way to attack such things is to be positive and dynamic. Um, By the way, I I do want to add, because uh, Kamala Harris, I think, is just a leading light of intellect here, and I do want to say I'm not insulting any Ukrainians or anybody from the Eastern Europe, but she did leave out, I think for brevity, some facts about Ukraine and um, Russia problem. the Ukrainians have kind of a Ukrainian accent, yeah, and the Russians have kind of a Russian accent. That would have been helpful to know. Yes, good point, Doug. Yes. She left yeah. that out, probably, yeah. or maybe it was she just did. cut out from the clip I played. That's a nice point. Well, I know, but there's so many things that she is so astute to pick up. Yeah. Like Ukraine mm. is, is uh, more Eastern Europe, 
and Russia is a little further east than that. Mm-hmm. One know, begins with um, a U, one you know, begins with an R. Oh, my God, I didn't even think yeah, about that. Yeah, see, you're Doug, so you're right missing it, that. too. Yeah, see, you're eliding over these fundamentals as well. It's tricky. It's I tricky. Know. Yeah. No wonder why it seems immense to me. Yeah, yeah, it's tricky. To, <laughs> oh, my God, I haven't been... I didn't even have my kindergarten teacher talk to me that way. It's interesting you know, because both God. countries end in a vowel. And, oh, my God. Yeah, see, you missed that one, too. That, You're not prepared to be yeah, vice president, Doug. But, 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 Seth, you don't realize this may be the core of the, the, the conflict, is that <laughs> one starts with a vowel and the other with a conflict. Yeah, 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 yeah. That could be the core of it. Yeah, you're right about that. And I missed that one. Oh, that's a fair point. You well, yeah, yeah. okay, we're yeah, yeah, we're almost these, even. these are things yeah. we have to be concerned about. Yeah. Oh my God, honest to God, first grade, I had more respect for my teacher. You know, this um, was the role model, think, Doug. This was the great role model for young girls everywhere, yeah. and for particularly young minority women everywhere, that they could do oh anything, they could be anything. This was the model. Yeah. This yeah. was it. Well, I think she did prove something. She she did prove that she could be intellectually vapid and still be vice president. Yeah. So she did yeah. act as a role model yeah. in that, you know. It gives, um, you know, people of total lack of, anybody with a lack of in, in education or ideas, hope that they too can lead the world's greatest country. Isn't it know? funny so. how much the focus is on the previous president for being so dumb? For being oh, such an it, idiot, yeah, it, it you know? yeah. yeah, I know. And I, it's, I, it's literally it's really that's why something. you had to take that intellectual test. Yeah, yeah. You know, but here, here's the thing. Um, as far as tonight, I think what they're going to do, and this is Doug making a test. By the way, I've heard more and more since I, I was on with you last, and we were basically uh, talking about. I was saying they were dumb. Another lady came on and said they're not dumb; they're evil. And I think. Well, you, they're dumb enough to believe their 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 plot. I think they're and, and, yeah. I think I think yeah yeah yeah. I think they're more dumb than evil in a sense, in a weird way. Yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah, if but you want. I think you want. Let me take the quick sure. break. We'll we'll talk about it all when we come back. And there's room for more. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. As we head to break, let me put in a word of for our sponsor, the Midas Gold Group. Gold has been used as money for nearly three thousand years. And it still remains the common sense investment that's simple and straightforward. It's why you don't need pushy commission salespeople to tell you why you should buy gold. You already want it. All you need is a reputable dealer with advice based on experience and what you need. Enter Midas Gold Group. Veteran-owned, proud supporters of America First and this radio station right here. Trust the dealer that I, Seb Gorka, and thousands of our listeners know. Trust Midas Gold Group. Group. Check them out online at MidasGoldGroup.com. MidasGoldGroup.com. Tell them I sent you. Be, uh, <laughs> welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, brought to you live from the Guns Etc. studios. Doug in Maricopa, thank you for your patience, Doug. Uh, go, go right ahead, sir, where, where you were headed with Russia, the State of the Union, etc., well, I think um, what they've done is very intentional, um, and uh, but they're dumb enough to believe their liberal policies. But they they're evil in the sense like this: when you hear uh, Fasaki and everything say when they bring up the fact that uh, we should maybe increase our oil production, and she says basically what it means is we should increase green, 
green right. energy, right? Which is decades and decades down the road. And I, I Cold read a comfort where for a, a lot said, of people who depend on Russia, right? And so, if you wanted to really attack this drill, baby, drill, um, a you, you'd employ millions of Americans, seventy-five to a hundred and some thousand dollars jobs. You would quit paying a um, million dollars a day. That's a hundred million dollars a day to Vladimir Putin. Cut off the other twenty percent of the banks. They're only blocking eighty percent of the banks since Vladimir controls a hundred percent. Cut off the other twenty percent. And and but the whole point is everybody's. One of the big indicators for um, inflation is energy. Yeah. It controls the cost of manufacturing. Wow. Right. It controls the cost of transportation. Right. It controls the cost of heating your home yep. in everything you do. Yep. You drop oil prices down to $25 a barrel. Vladimir starves. He can't fund diddly. And we have prosperous Americans that we can tax and fund the government. And we with. will not do it. And, and it's befuddling. But they won't. Right. Because green energy is far more important than the poor people. And, and, and it would drop inflation down. You would crush inflation by deregulating, increasing oil production. So uh, what, what happens, it shows that they truly don't care about the little guy. The little guy pays for inflation. The rich don't care. Right. The little guy pays for high gas prices and high home price uh, heating prices. The rich don't care. And jobs he or she doesn't the, get because businesses can't hire or expand when taxes go up. The little guy pays for higher taxes exactly to the wealthy, right. by the way. The little guy pays for it when the illegals come right. and take their low-paying jobs. That's right. The wealthy and, have uh, fences and, and, and security guards. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, the little guy pays for the drop of his house prices because his neighborhood is full of illegals. The little guy can't afford the the rehab that the wealthy guys can if they uh, stumble into the drugs that are brought in through the cartels that cross the border. Yeah, Yeah. so the idea that they care anything about us is ridiculous. So he'll talk about our need for green energy and spending more. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he will make it more of an imperative. I think you're right. More of a necessary, rapid imperative. And you know, Doug, let's just plant this seed. Let's not water it too much lest they get an idea, but let's plant it. Let's plant this seed. Let's not forget the last two and a half years. And let's not forget what a lot of people were postulating which was if you can do this to this country in the name of an emergency or in the name of a crisis, what's the next thing you might do and what's the next emergency or crisis? Oh, By yeah. the way, yeah. if yeah. you know Americans are willing to go along with it because you proclaim it an emergency and a crisis beyond rationale, beyond the rational thought, beyond rational thinking – what do you do? You change science. You politicize science. That's what you do to get yourself there. You seen any of that going on in the green energy debate? Nope. A, B, nope. B, B, people are happy to do it, and it was a testing ground. That's why I'm so yep. damn disappointed in my fellow Americans. Yep. They went along with it and yep. proved the testing ground of every tyrant, which is what can I do in the name of a crisis or an emergency? That's right. 
Yep. You know, if if everything, uh, we have to realize that the left views every opportunity to grab power. Mm-hmm. And as all you have to do is look in history. Human nature, our founding fathers knew when they talked in the Federalist Papers, they talked about a human nature from Plato to the present yep. in the 1700s. Yep. And they basically said, our human nature hasn't changed, even though we're educated and prosperous, and uh, but we're still basically the same creature. I don't know what we kids know dreaming. anymore, but kids used to know one thing about our government, one thing it stood for, our Constitution. They knew, what was that one thing? Separation of? Of? Powers. Separation of powers. Kids used to know the one that was the one thing kids used to know about our U.S. Constitution, that it stood for a separation of powers for a reason. Yep. For a reason. That's right. Right. Well, you know, and and history is so important because if you're ignorant of it, you recreate the same stupidity. Of course. One of the things, Hitler, all the well meanings, we think if we talk nice and bring our diplomats in— that they're going to talk to a tyrant. They look at diplomacy is only a value, in my humble opinion as an artist. It has only value if it's backed up by tremendous military force. Then you can be diplomatic. So what happens is Vladimir looks at our befuddled, idiotic, totally stupid withdrawal of Afghanistan. He looks at it as an opportunity. We're idiotic. Hitler looked at the West and said they stood up for nothing. Mm-hmm. They're backing away. And so he saw opportunity. Vladimir sees opportunity in our weakness. He does not open his heart and say, oh, my goodness, you're kind to me. Mm-hmm. He says you're stupid. As Hitler said, you're a worm mm-hmm. and you have no guts and I can take advantage of it. And I mean, if we were serious, we would. And England until or... Churchill, England until Churchill, was that proving ground for him. England yeah. until Churchill yeah. is why he could think that. I worry right. that the United States of America until our next president is proving to Putin yeah. the same thing. I worry about that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I really do, Seth. I'm not sure. So until we awaken and we start saying we cannot repeat history mm-hmm. by standing here and watching the gobbling up, Western Europe sat there and watched Hitler take Western Czechoslovakia, then Eastern Hung- yeah. Hungary, yeah. and they in yeah. Austria, and it, we sat there and said let's send our diplomats, and that and that doesn't do anything but say hey. We can take more, and we'll talk about it. Yep. He could take 90% of the Ukraine and say, now let's talk. I'll back off and give you 20%, you but now you're going to be my puppet. You bet. It's nonsense. It's nonsense unless he's scared, he's broke financially, because not because we threatened him, because we dropped the price of oil. And then we tell Germany, if you want anybody to defend you in Europe, there is no pipeline. Let me we'll give let me, you all the I, I gotta gas. take the break, Doug. You're wonderful to call. I love your thoughts and comments. I appreciate it. Let me just try and squeeze this in real quickly. Two thoughts to take away from this. You mentioned the word diplomacy. Successful diplomacy is what's important. And how do you judge it? Here's how. Are we coming more towards the enemy's way or are they coming more towards our way? Think about that in the context of what we're trying to do with, say, Iran for a moment. Are we doing what they want more or are they doing what we want more? That's the 
first question. The second is, who's more of a spent force? Ask yourself that in the context of Russia right now. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, coming to you live from the Guns Etc. studios. Uh, got a full bank of calls here. We're just going to uh, we'll just go by uh, those who have been on on the longest. Bob and Payson, thank you for your patience and welcome. Hey, Seth, and these sad times, just a little levity or gallo humors, if you will. Okay. Picture, if you will, the president walks to the podium tonight as he usually does if he doesn't trip and fall. And the teleprompters are bright. He walks up. The teleprompters indicate, my fellow Americans, I would like to announce, after the State of the Union tonight, Vladimir and I will have lunch tonight. He gets to read the teleprompters. He says, my fellow Americans, after the State of the Union, I would like to announce, Vladimir, I will launch at midnight. Oh, <laughs> I see what you're doing there, Bob. I see what you're doing. But it, it, you know what's interesting? What we should watch for tonight in the State of the Union, among other things, is um, usually States of the Union speeches last longer than an hour. I don't, you know, we'll see, we'll see what he can do. There is a lot to talk about. There is a lot to talk about here. Indeed, indeed. And I don't know if he can do it in less than an hour, but if he can hats off to him. I wouldn't mind it being shorter rather than longer. But I know what we're, you know, I don't know. That's wrong. But I suspect what we're going to hear is a lot about unity and a lot about what we've done right. I just think it's that's what we're going to get. And I'm going to tell you something. Um, I can't predict what the polls will show after the speech. I suspect they will bump up just a little because we tend to do that. But I bet two things. They won't bump very much, and it won't last. Absolutely, sir. Yeah, I, because I just I, I I see a delusion going on here, a delusion um, in this administration and in this White House. Uh, you know, one of the things that you know criticize or not Donald Trump, but one of the things I think he had a pretty keen understanding of. Was were things going in the right direction or were they going in the wrong direction and how do we alter course? I think he had a pretty keen eye about that, which is why, you know, a lot of his policies were, you know, at times confusing or at times perhaps maddening to those that liked a unified theory of X, a unified theory of conservatism or a unified theory of some form of governance. So I think he had a pretty keen eye on that. What I get from this administration, based on the statements of Kamala Harris and John Kerry and others, what I get a sense of is what they used to call idea fix. That is to say there is nothing that will shake them from their ideological commitments. Go ahead. Sorry. Yes, another analogy. Looking at the uh, battle for freedom in the Ukraine right now, his name is Zelensky, right, is the president? Yes, Vladimir Zelensky of uh, of, uh, of you, Ukraine, right. Do you see this as their George Washington in our revolution against the British? Does the you Ukraine, see, do, you do the Ukrainians see this as that? Well, I, I see this. I don't know. I, I don't know enough. I'm going to I'm going to meet with some um, uh, with some Ukrainians, uh, uh, expatriates who live here. Uh, I'm meeting with a couple over the next few days, a few over the next few days, 
and I'll I'll have a better sense of that, Bob. Um, he doesn't seem to, he seems to be a fearless leader. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But but you know what I hope. I mean, listen. There's there's every 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 standing salute we want to give to these brave souls who are standing and defending and with the courage they're showing and the commitment of morality that they're showing mixed with that courage. All all credit to them. And and it's 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 really something to behold. Um, it's unfortunate to put it no higher. It is tragic to put it no higher that it has to be tested in this way. It's only revealing itself in this in this in this testing time, shall we say. So I don't know. There's a lot of historical analogies, a lot. Um, Munich certainly is there. The Warsaw Ghetto might be an analogy. Um, and then there are some that are far less stark than those, you know, far less stark. We don't have to reductio ad Hitler. Not everything is Hitler. Not everything. And let's hope this isn't either. Let's hope this isn't either. Thanks, Bob. We'll be right back. Come on and take me to the Mardi Gras. Yes, today is uh, Fat Tuesday, Shrove Tuesday. For those uh, uh, observing it, uh, we are with you if you are making a special point of self-examination and that sort of thing. Bless you all. Uh, Dr. Mike in Carefree. Hi, Mike. Hi, Seth. I actually don't know if this is Dr. Mike. Mike must be a common name in Carefree, but I see Mike in Carefree, and I think it's Dr. Mike. (laughs) I assume you're Dr. Mike. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it is. (laughs) How are you? Good. I was was on the fence about um, Ukraine for a long time, and and then I, I, I... Remembered a few things that you know. I, I believe it was Lincoln that said, "One man with courage is a majority." Okay. And and I think their premier or their whatever their Zelensky, uh, Zelensky yeah, uh huh, would be a classic example of that. Yeah. And we, uh, when I hear people sometimes like Tucker Carlson say, "Well, what is it to us? They don't mean anything to us, and we shouldn't go in there," and and on and on and on, and that these are people who don't want their own freedom. It's like, well, this is a small nation that has been overrun by empire after empire after empire and they have fought bravely but been crushed and to say that they don't hunger for freedom i think is really pejorative on our part well let's start with what we've seen thus far right i mean most i think facing the russian bear and all that it has said through its leadership most would be in poland but a lot of them are staying and fighting and doing what they can, Mike, aren't they? Yeah, and it, it's fairly impressive. Yeah, it is. Me. It is. I don't think it'll last long, but it is impressive. I agree with you on that. I think I agree with you on everything you've said so far. Go ahead. And I, I think the the thing that is lost by all of the powers that be in our country and in theirs is the loss of appreciation for the individual. Yep. It's individual actions as a as as a community, as as a confederacy, are far more effective than the massive effects of uh, a communist uh, or a conscripted yep. group. Yep. Uh, yep. I mean, Stalin won, but he had to have machine guns behind him. No, that's a great point. Body. That is a great point. Are the people? Uh, led by someone who is popularly elected or is elected by a representation of what the people want, 
or do they show up for rallies and not show up against other rallies because the dictator, autocrat, or tyrant is forcing them to do that or not do that from the barrel of a gun? It's a great point. And in our nation, our our wokest, um, quasi-capitalistic oligarch class that's coming up is doing essentially the same thing yeah. by trying to diminish individual rights. Yep. Any individual who does something well, they find flaw, and every individual has flaws, and so you can destroy anyone. So that we we always we we're always they're always talking about the collective rights, but in all collectives. You develop an oligarchy, and the only people that have individual rights are the tyrants. You know, you made me think of something, and, I, and, and I'm going to say it as I'm thinking it, so it's a brand new thought to me, Mike. But I'm just thinking about the partisan differences in this country. I was thinking about, you know, what is the leftist or liberal version of uh, the barrel of a gun, the, the forced confessions, etc. There are a lot of forced confessions from the left upon us. We've seen them... Uh, throughout the last two and a half years, particularly in 2020, a lot of us have been forced to confess things institutions have, individuals have, that they may or may not believe or may or may not believe them in the way that they are pitched or cast and decontextualized. But what's the worst we have ever said about our opposition? Worst we've ever said about our opposition domestically here is calling them what they call themselves. We call them liberals or leftists. The worst that they do to us is fascist, tyrant, racist, Nazi, Hitler. And that, that is their way of using their barrel of a gun. That is their way of consigning us to the sidelines. That is their way to make us intervention, non-counting individuals who have no place on the political scene. I think, I think, I think there's an authoritarian personality at work in the left that isn't at work on the right here in America. In the decisive, in the decisive uh, respects. Yes, I would agree. And the fundamental denial in wokeism is the denial of the individual to have free speech and independent thought. Absolutely, absolutely. Independent is probably the thing that frightens the liberal left the most. You put, you said that, Mike, and I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, if I have one complaint, well, I have a few, but if I have one complaint on this area in the, with our fellow conservatives, I believe we talk a little too much about states' rights and not enough about individual rights. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I've been given a few speeches on this lately. Uh, Mike, you, Mike, thank you. Did you have another point or, or are we good? No, I'm good. Thank, thank you, you, sir. I appreciate your contribution. I've been given a few speeches lately, and I've been I, uh, uh, where I've been focusing on the, this very important aspect. Um, let's not, in our efforts to revive and revivify the Tenth Amendment, which we should, let's not forget it also speaks to individual rights. But let's also remember what the point of our founding was. I mean, there are states in this country that our founders never contemplated existing or having existence names places geographies but the individual didn't change and human nature didn't change as abraham lincoln said you can do a lot you can't change human nature remember what the point of our founding was the point of it the main the decisive point was not states rights it was individual rights everything else was to protect that whether 
states' rights were in the service of the individual rights or the separation of powers or the limited government, any number of those things that you find in Articles 1 or 2 or in the first 10 amendments or the 14th now, I guess we should include in the Bill of Rights for the purposes of what I'm talking about here. Let's not lose sight of that point, individual rights, the rights of the individual. And when we talk about them, when we talk about them, as opposed to how the left might talk about them or pay lip service to them, the most important thing to understand about those sacrosanct individual rights is I have no more than you do and you have no more than I do except by what I temporarily give you with my consent. With my consent. All of what I just said is under the rubric of us all being created equal. All being created equal. Thanks an awful lot, Mike. There was a lot to that. We have a few others on hold. We'll get to you shortly. Don't go away. As we head to the break, let me put in a word for balance of nature. 100% natural. Using vine-ripened produce, third-party tested, third-party tested for bacteria, pesticides, heavy metals, you name it. There is no added anything except fruit and vegetables to balance of nature. And it is pure and it is potent. It is strong, great, healthy, natural stuff. I take it every single day. Go to balanceofnature.com. Balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Moshe's in Phoenix. Hello, Moshe. Hi, Seth. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, sir. How are you? Thank God. Good. Listen, a few breaks ago, you mentioned about how to deal with uh, Putin and the Iranians. Uh, and there are two distinct uh, issues, really. Putin is, as, as would be called, an evil genius. In today's world, to call him a genius is to be, they accuse you of siding with them, which is not the case. So with Putin... If you corner the dog that he is, he's going to react very heavily. You have to you have to give him the out in some small way to to save face, where he he goes on a scorched earth uh, way of dealing with things. With with the Iranians, it's a completely different thing. The, uh, Putin being upfront with what he plans to do, the Iranians will be pleasant upfront, but will sneak behind your back and have the knife in it. Moshe, I don't. I, I can't speak to that, but I would. I do want to raise this interesting question. While we are doing our best to uh, what shall we say, cabin and isolate Vladimir Putin, why the hell are we trying to work with him and his minions to 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 appease Iran? I just I just find this uh, cognitively dissonant. There, there, there's a, been an infiltration of Iranian backers within the Democratic Party. Uh, people don't know this. John Kerry's daughter was married to an Iranian man whose family was with the Iranian Guard. Um, Valerie Jarrett is Iranian-born. There, there, there's a there's a, uh, a connection. But uh, but I'm missing but 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 I'm missing I'm missing this other angle, which is the seriousness of what we're saying about Vladimir Putin with the left hand, with the unseriousness in working with him on the right. Is my point with the right hand when it comes to Iran. And and it, it, it simply doesn't make sense. There's a lot here that doesn't make sense. Let's stipulate that. It doesn't make sense 
that we if we are going to use sanctions, we didn't do it beforehand. It doesn't make sense that we are making such a fetish of sanctions. It doesn't make sense that we are not engaging personal sanctions against Vladimir Putin. It doesn't make sense that we are allowing the energy to flow from Russia. It doesn't make sense that we have not invoked uh, action on the SWIFT program. And it doesn't make sense that while we are talking about Russia being such a renegade country at this point, use whatever words you want, it doesn't make sense that we are doing everything we can to sit at the same side of the table with them when it comes to Iran. Thank you. I'm Seth Lewis Hallman in the house. We will be right back. 602 508 Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.